When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. like Alice, tumbling down the rabbit hole. You take the blue pill, the story ends, you wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Let's go now to our new episode of The Unfiltered Rise with me, Heidi Love. And welcome to another episode of The Unfiltered Rise. And today we have with us a very special guest. This is Isaac. Hi, Isaac. How are you doing? I'm good, Heidi. Hello. I'm so glad to introduce you. And we are actually family. And so I haven't seen Isaac in quite a while, but I'm excited that he would do this interview with me because he wrote a book and I would love to hear all about it. Would you like to share with us today? Sure, I'll give a, a little summary. The book is called Devotion, Deliver- Devotion, Deception, Deliverance, Isaac's Story, written by Charlene Paul. It describes uh, my youth growing up in the the Fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints uh, describes my childhood, which many don't understand, was very wonderful. I had a very good childhood. Uh, My dad, my moms uh, lived a very virtuous life. If you can, if you can see through the. uh, Right. So polygamy is what we're talking about and you had how how many moms did you have growing I up three moms growing up three moms and how many yeah. children like in the family unit were there my mom was the second wife of the three she had 16 children of her own wow uh, i didn't know that that's amazing yeah. <laughs> go mom <laughs> that is, yeah, wow i have six and i thought i was uh underwater over here (laughs) she's a trooper you tell her (laughs) amazing yes and and when you say fundamentalists um there's a lot of branches and you're from the colorado city is that right where you grew up or that's right ruling jeffs and eventually warren jeffs and that's when things just took a turn for the crazy yes and you're related actually to warren jeffs how um 
Yes, and, my dad is the brother of Warren Jeff's mom. Okay, so family, fairly close and, family. Yes. Yeah. All right, and so I know there's been, I actually have kind of done some research on um, the inner workings, and I, I've always heard that Rulon, when he was actually in, he was actually really good with people and, and fair and made sure things were pretty, I ran well as far as what I've read. I mean, you would have that's, definitely more That's what I remember too. That's what I remember too. Uh, I loved him, had a lot of respect for him, considered him the prophet of God and, right. and all so much good. I, I, oh, good. I wish more people could have the childhood I had. But, well, that that's um, actually wonderful to hear because you hear these other stories a lot of times that are just where you step back and go, whoa. But um, now that I've done this podcast, I'll tell you, I've seen that with even mainstream Mormonism will come on and say crazy stuff that I'm like, that's not true. Like, no, that's not true. So that's why I wanted to have you on because I'm like, there are so many I think untruths. People want sensationalism. You know, they want lies. You know, fell. yeah, yeah, no. exactly. So I'm here to, I'm unfiltered, and I want to send out the truth. That's kind of what I do. So I was excited when you were willing to be an open book with me about that and, and share exactly like how you're, you know, how that works. So many people are curious because it's not done, you know, everywhere. It, I mean, where you're from, it was, but in the grand scheme of things, we don't often see people with 16 kids and three wives and well i'm sure he had way more kids because there was other wives right so that's right um uh, the first wife had how many kids oh i think ish around 10, 10 or 12 the and third then the, wife had 10 or 12 so you came from a huge family yeah yeah and eventually so, he got more wives he okay at the peak, he had 12 wives. My dad. Oh my goodness. That's a lot of running. Your poor dad. <laughs> that is actually hard. Anybody oh, that would take on more than one woman, in my mind, is uh, really brave. <laughs> We're not he's easy. A, <laughs> he's a grand man. I was blessed to have a very good father. Uh, anybody oh, and everybody who meets him can see it right off the bat. Oh. Oh, He's that's good. Grand character. And though you've separated from that growing up, that type of living for yourself, they didn't disown you like like what often happens, right? You still are in touch with your family. So now you are. Okay, so that's good. Because, I mean, anything that destroys the family unit, and I don't care like which way, how, which, you know, wherever if a child estranges a parent or a parent estranges a child or however that goes i just think it's really toxic you know we we all want that connection unless there's some kind of abuse that you, you can't overcome or something like that but that's not the case there so um anyways so you grew up and you were happy and and then um, very well according to the bible the book of mormon the doctrine and covenants the typical lds scriptures but in in sincerity and in in fundamental terms in other words nothing was changed hence the polygamy right that's so, what i often tell people is that actually when i explain the book of mormon 
people um and and I don't believe in Mormonism anymore um at all any way you cut it but I do say this about the fundamentalists they actually live it more than than anybody else they don't they change the to. words yeah they, they do until, until Warren Jeffs took over that's that's right. correct right yeah I know it's going to go down a rabbit hole which is why we're going to chat about that because mm-hmm. I know I know it gets rough and I think there might be some kind of mental uh, break or something with him, but it's definitely different. I know from what, what it was under Rula, you know, so I'd love to hear your, your perspective of that and what kind of happened as you grew up. And I mean, obviously you get to some point where you're going to get married or how, how did that come about for you? Well, again, my dad raised us to be very virtuous and moral, to do unto others as we'd have done unto us, to tell the truth, you know, all the the sincere, virtuous principles of Christianity. And Rulin Jeffs taught those also to us. Uh, mm-hmm. Later, I'm I'm coming to understand a little more. There were some dark secrets with him and his family that I'm I'm learning about. Right. That I have learned about, but Warren Jeffs, uh, I'm I'm learning. Apparently, when he was very young, got into some serious immorality, and it was kind of shoved under the rug. And oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, I, uh, I, I didn't know that. Well, that's how this is how I look at it, and people can take it for what they want. But the evil powers used Warren Jeffs knowing of his immorality and that it was Mm -hmm. hidden and kept a secret. And thus in his mind, he got away with it and it was okay for him because he was more righteous or better for some reason, because he got away with it and just put him in that position, knowing full well, he was going to destroy thousands and thousands of lives. Mm -hmm. He's going to have a lot on his shoulders when he's going to have a lot to answer for. I know that because you cannot, you cannot do what they've done. And honestly, like, I don't know about the total inner workings, but I do know Rulon was really good about actually letting people choose more about who they wanted to marry, that the people were 18. I knew that was one of the things because I've read some books about it. He was way more diligent. Now I'm not saying there isn't some people that ran away and maybe got married earlier i mean i did that and i wasn't polygamist i was 17 you know um but i was in love you know <laughs> so i'm sure that happens sometimes <laughs> but, many different circumstances yes but warren jeff's initially again in in public he was a saint mm-hmm. i had implicit confidence in him i never saw him do one bad thing I I felt he would give his life for anybody for for righteousness you know for for good, right. But then it got as he got more power. There's a saying that I think it's Lord Atkins says, "Power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely." Yes, that's actually one of my favorite sayings. I say that all the time. I think that's absolutely true. Hundred percent sure. is, and he got absolute power. And because of the flaws and the immorality in his character that he felt above the law in. Right. Because he was the law, right? Yeah. When you 
how i mean because before for an early age don't they know who's going to kind of i know they don't absolutely know who's going to be the prophet but they kind of know who's going to kind of come up right like next in line type thing I uh, mean. not not really not from a, okay. an early age but as the years progressed yes warren jeff's rose in influence and power mm -hmm. and his father propped him up uh, because again, uh, Lucifer, I believe, propped him up. Uh, yes, I'm with you on. Uh, I, I have come to realize that, and so many people are really weird about this, and I, I don't understand, like completely why. But if you believe in God, as above, so below, there is a hierarchy of things above us, like angels and God and good things, and there's a hierarchy of things below us. And they use everything they can here because they are the rulers of this world because they were cast out. Right. And I so, yeah. yep, I truly believe that. And I know a lot of people it's controversial, but I don't care. That shouldn't be. <laughs> it stands to reason. Uh, yeah. There's it's a power. Yeah. There's an opposite power. Exactly. So many people believe in God. In fact, this happened to me at work the other day. And I said, um, something about demons and the guy he's LDS very active mainstream he said there's no such thing as demons and I'm like uh really why would you say that and he's like because there's not and I'm like okay do you read the bible or like or the book of mormon <laughs> yeah he said to me the bible's more of a reference anyway and I was like do you know that king solomon used demons to help build his temple and he's like you're crazy <laughs> he doesn't um, understand his own religion then yeah exactly i'm like you don't know your theology very well but that's okay i just stopped talking i was like okay sometimes <laughs> that's the best thing to do yeah you can't you can't cure everything you know you just gotta say okay yeah you're right <laughs> so when you were young and then going into your teenage years um like at what point was Warren Jeffs like um, the prophet then by the time you're getting like a teenager? Or? No, I Warren Jeffs was the principal of the private school called Alta Academy that, that I went to, that my family went to. Okay. The people in Salt Lake and the Sandy area went to Alta Academy. Okay. First, 12th grade and Warren Jeffs was the principal. And again, we all grew to respect and admire him. Well, not all of us, because some people did get an insight because uh, he was abusing some people in secret. And those people were ones that he knew if they came out and told the truth, everybody would think, you know, they're the black sheep. They um, can't be trusted. Right. So I, I understand that one, right? <laughs> very wise uh, and very yeah. crafty in his mm -hmm. sins and his immorality. Mm, that's not good so at all his own sisters, his own daughters. Uh, mm. Anyway, it's all coming out. And he actually confessed right. to it uh, in mm. prison. He confessed to it. But obviously it was banned and the, the people under him and serving him weren't allowed to see it. And they were told if anything said negative about him, it's a lie. Anyway, the, right. the craftiness of the devil to avoid the truth. He's still very much, from what I can no, he still very much runs that sect still from prison. I mean, I know he can't do it like absolutely himself, but he still calls shots, right? 
Yes, that's right. He he told everybody he wasn't the prophet, and he confessed his sins about his immorality with sister and daughter and so forth. And then a few days later, the other leaders convinced him <laughs> that oh, he was still the prophet. And he, you know what? It feels pretty good to be the prophet. And right. yeah, we probably, <laughs> we probably better I bet not. it does. Yeah. <laughs> He probably also didn't want like um, the repercussions from that. Exactly, I mean, exactly. Yeah. And so, so uh, growing up in that school and everything, you, you had a good experience for you. I know there was some that are coming out now, right. but for, for you, it was still pretty normal, right? Like it was wonderful and excellent education. Uh, Warren Jeffs is very intelligent and he did a very good right. job teaching religion and theology and yes. mathematics, chemistry, ge geography, you name it. A very, very right. intelligent man. And I uh, went through school, graduated, uh, valedictorian of my class. Oh, I didn't know that. That's awesome. And very, very blessed. Uh, yes. I graduated, I became a teacher in Alta Academy. I taught the sixth grade. Uh, then went to work for my father after teaching for a year, went to work for my father in the construction industry. And after a couple of years in 1998, uh, I, as an elder of the church, I schedule an appointment. We would, we would meet with Rulin Jeffs every month to check in and so forth. Just typical, uh, see how you're doing and if you're doing well in your things, right? Yeah, and I checked in with him, and it's it's all described in the book pretty well, but essentially, God is, is how I look at it. Mm -hmm. I got this feeling, not from me, mm -hmm. <laughs> that yes. I was going to marry Sharon Jeffs, which is okay. Warren Jeffs' brother's daughter. Okay, so definitely you would have some inside knowledge on all of these things. Um, because you obviously were in the family. And how old were you about this point? I was 21. Okay. She was 19. Uh, anyway, that night, I got a call from Rulin Jeffs saying, I'd like to place my granddaughter, Sharon, by your side. How do you feel about that? And I was just in awe, shock. And uh, anyway, I, I had never... <laughs> you felt you already liked her, right? You already... No. Oh, I, I no. was a very, uh, in, in all honesty, I was a very morally clean young man. I had never touched girls inappropriately. Right, I, right. I had never, never done well, anything Well, that's a big like that. thing in that culture. That's just not done. And so, right. and, but, I mean, she caught your eye maybe or something. And then God also brought that feeling to you, you know, maybe she would, or maybe the feeling just came. Maybe it wasn't even, just, you know, just the feeling, just the feeling. I had no inappropriate thoughts towards her. Right. I, I knew she was, I knew she was pretty. That's what I assumed. Yeah. I didn't, yeah. I, I didn't assume anything further than that. Cause you guys are usually very chaste upbringing, you know? And so I know most people don't even go there until they're married. Really, uh, we, you know, I and, made it an effort to control my thoughts. Yes. Which not. we all have to work on. <laughs> That's a hard job, right? That's right. Ugh, it can get it can get overwhelming. But I do like to bring up how old you guys were and that you were going to school. Like you guys just aren't out on some prairie land 
doing nothing. Like they're, they're raising you guys up. They're sending you to schools. They're teaching you things. This is not some backwoods. I mean, I haven't been in the culture itself, but I've seen a lot of people and worked with a lot of people. They're extremely smart. They're very educated. Um, I think people give you your, your people a raw deal kind of. So that's another thing I kind of like to bring out, you know, it's very easy to look down on people you don't understand. Right. Cause it's intimidating. Probably. That's my yeah, assumption. It's just, it's human nature to, to mm -hmm. look down on and criticize and want to think less of somebody who, who isn't like you. Well, and it's kind of an amazing thing. Like you look at the Amish and they're very similar. Like you have to understand, like people have to understand. I understand this because I'm from Utah, but some people might not. They have their own everything. They have their own doctors. They have their own police. They have their own, like you guys are a self-sustaining place and you get your own food and you, you know, like all these things that are, uh, we're so dependent on. I think that's very intimidating for regular people. Like you could probably go build a house tomorrow. I wouldn't know how, you know. That's correct. Yes. Yeah. Very well taught, very blessed. And, yes. and the things that really matter. <laughs> yep. And well-rounded. Like, I mean, you were still a teacher too, but you could build a house also. Like, and I'm sure you help grow food. Like it's not just one right. thing. And so I think that's actually really important. I think we've lost so a lot I. of that. Yeah, that community, community is way more important than people realize. Like if I could give up everything tomorrow and go somewhere and like not away from my mom and stuff, but like be self-sustaining in a community, I don't know that I'd turn it down, especially yeah, I mean, in this day. Yeah, this day and age, it's, I'm, I'm about ready. <laughs> I'm like, let's go. Yeah, Amen. I miss it's, a lot of things from my childhood. Right, because you probably got the time to really know the Lord because you were actually given time to study and do these things. That's encouraged, you that know. Was part of life. That was part of life. And yeah. your your bride wasn't twelve, you know. <laughs> these Nineteen. are the things that people think in their brains, and I'm like, that's not how it is with every family. This is mm -hmm. so silly. Not at yeah. all, but it, it eventually became more and more I, present. Yeah, right. And I know because of the situation, which we'll talk about, of that going downhill. So then you were blessed and able to get married. And um, that happens pretty rapidly after the talk, doesn't it? Or does Yes, it it, he called me around noon and we got married at seven o'clock that evening. Oh, my gosh, that is more fast than I thought. Wow. I bet you were a little shocked. <laughs> It was traumatizing, but again, uh, it was life. Right. And, uh, me being as naive and innocent as yes. I was, I didn't even know fully how babies were made. Right. You're like, okay, I'm in it, but I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I went I'm going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> After oh, we were married, I went to my dad and I asked him, if he could give me some advice because I was very yeah. naive and apparently he didn't understand how naive I was because he just <laughs> told me, he told It'll me, it'll come to you. <laughs> well, he said, there are some very powerful forces with a man and a woman. 
-hmm. Make sure you keep the spirit of God in all you do. Right. That's good advice for today, too. I, it is, it I, is. Yeah, that's actually help me understand the birds and the bees. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, you're probably like, wait, what does that mean? <laughs> and so Again, you, but you figured it out because you were blessed and you had some children from that marriage. Right. And, and oh, I was so thankful that I that it went about that way. I don't know how to describe this, especially nowadays to the society we live in where everybody's so loose sexually. Oh. And, and everybody yeah. knows everything. Even if they're not loose, they, they're bombard almost bombarded. You know, you're just, yeah, everything's coming at you all the time. I don't know that kids even get a chance to be, it, even if you protect them, you send them to school or whatever, you know. It, it's, it's just it's hard everywhere force-fed and it, it's so so tragic because the special experience i had never having done that or even come close right. to doing with any other human being no oh, it was i cannot describe the sacredness and the specialness of of that experience i think that's lost nowadays that's sad yeah it is tragic yeah, because there is um, some powerful that that obviously was so powerful. It creates life. That's it right. literally creates life. And that's, that's like, right. I think that's just lost on people now. I, yeah. I don't know. We've it's not just minimized. a fun activity. Yeah. <laughs> it's not yeah, going bowling. Yeah. I don't know. People. The sacredness and the importance of sexual relations and it's tragic absolutely it, i 100 percent agree on that one it's it takes um a lot away and i think it um gives a lot of people to like weird uh ideals of how people should be and that leads to divorce because i mean if you're not this way or that way or, yeah yeah it just gets hard uh, and it's it's not a good it's not a good way like we've, we've gone further in the world in a lot of ways, but not all of them are good. So the world grows weaker and wiser. Truth. <laughs> so then you guys were married for about how long then? Let's see. We got married in 98 and in 2004, I was called on this, this church mission to, to redeem Zion. I was called down into Texas to help build the the homes, the log cabins, the, the temple, things down there. And while I was there for almost a year, I started noticing a lot of strange things, just contradictions and things, which I just, because I was an honest human being and open. Right. And, and I had a very close relationship with Warren Jeffs. Right. I just walk up to him and say, I have some questions. Uh, things are a little confusing. You know, they, this, there's a contradiction here. Can you help me understand this? Or can mm -hmm. I even talk to you about some things I, I need to talk to you about some things? And he saw some, some questions and uh, I, I've come to realize, I know I was doing it in humility. Mm -hmm. I was doing it. And, and righteousness, wanting to understand. I know that. You meant no harm, right? Exactly. But looking mm -hmm. back on it and, and realizing the way he treated me, he treated me so horribly after I even said, hey, can I please talk with you about these things? Oh, no. He knew I would not support him 
in what he was doing. And he so saw he that you were going to stand up. On you, principle, you. not mm -hmm. just on, on his lustful desires. Yes. And, and he was forcing it on other people and making other people get involved through, you know, obedience to God, the, the deception. Right. So he had to find a way to make me look bad and to try <laughs> to make me. Uh, you're the bad guy now. You're, yeah. you're a bad guy. And just right. because you asked very few questions, like it right. wasn't even a lot probably. And he already was on to you, I guess, right. you know, he in a way. Yeah, he started accusing me of having doubts and fears, which, oh, believe me, it became that because he started threatening right. to take our families away. And his words were, you will lose everything. Threats like that. And, and so in the, yeah, were they with you, your family, no. your kid? No, okay. No, I was alone working in Texas and they were, you know, 22 hours away in, in Hildale. And so he had full control. I didn't have my own phone. I didn't have my own vehicle. Right. Uh, he had they control. own everything. Yeah. That's, That's right. one thing about living in Colorado City or Hilldale or whatnot is ultimately, even if you build a house or whatever, they own the land. So they own right. the houses. And I don't know about the cars even. Like, isn't no, everything kind of... No, Some not of the cars. cars not mostly not the cars. My, okay. my family had a, a, a van that we owned in Hilda, mm -hmm. but I didn't have a vehicle. I didn't have you're uh, out there. Yeah. Because yeah. construction, very, you yeah. Yeah. Very masterfully arranged things to where mm -hmm. his influence was the most powerful voice. Uh and he anyway, so one day just out of the blue, he sends a, a notice to the bishop saying, Isaac Steed, or rather, the Lord has judged Isaac Steed, and he is no longer worthy to live on this land. Oh, no. He and they can do that. Him. They can do that. They yep. can take away your children, your wife. No, there was nothing and, I could do about it. And they can I, give them to another man, right? That's right. In oh, that. Yep. That's exactly right. I tried to call my my wife and it wouldn't go through they had already moved her and oh my gosh her so yeah so you so, had no ability to contact her contact your kids you know even get back there because you're in this car that or truck or whatever from you know where you were working and so what do you do well he point? told me i needed to drive to shore creek and check in with the bishop in in shore creek which is hilldale in colorado city mm -hmm. so I drove the truck straight through the night, uh, arrived at about four in the morning, and my house was vacant. Oh, and no. My family was somewhere else. Uh, I talked to the bishop when they woke up in the morning, and he said, go to Mesquite, Nevada, and get a job. And again, I'm in confusion. and uh, Well, you're probably that. trying to do whatever you can to That's rectify right. whatever, because this is your parents. This is your siblings. This is your family. This is your kids, your wife, your house, your everything, everything, literally everything. Physically and spiritually. Right. Right. Uh, yep. My eternal existence was on the because, line. Because if you don't, so for people that don't know, if you're in the FLDS movement and you are not accepted in it anymore, 
I mean, they're shunning. You're not, you're not going to go to heaven. I mean, you can explain this better than I, but kind of let them know what happens to people. You're the worst <laughs> of all humanity. If, if you're given the most light, the most knowledge, uh, the most training towards godliness and good goodness, and you fall mm -hmm. from that, you become as a Lucifer, as a devil, a son of perdition. You become mm -hmm. the worst of the worst. So uh, me, in my confusion and trying to understand what's going on, because I had no idea of right. what, sins of his immorality anything like that all i knew was well was and this is I your knew. family well this is your family right. too he's your family so and you and someone you felt close to and could trust and right. and loved yeah and you i mean he was your principal it's not just family this is like an encapsulation for people like you you know and yeah, people... i can't i can't even imagine the feeling coming home into that home that night i i that's like joe you were like joe literally you lost everything right then i don't you know? want to compare myself to to him but it, it was very very traumatic and and confusing <laughs> and i was right. reaching my whole soul to understand and to get back in the good graces of god right. so, so that i could somehow gain my salvation again people who aren't part of a religion or don't study the bible things they're not going to understand a lot of what i'm talking right. about it's easy to look at this and say man what's some kooks these guys right. or why why didn't he just uh leave before why didn't you just yeah. do this or that but it's i even in mainstream mormonism which wasn't attached to my house or my my husband wouldn't be taken away or whatever even leaving for me was horribly hard horribly hard my family shunned me i when you're an apostate it isn't people people throw that word around and they're like and you weren't an apostate i mean you were deemed one but like yeah. you, you weren't denying that he was the prophet you were still trying to do all the things correctly you That's know correct. i had committed and, no no wrong i had committed no crime right. except dared get confused <laughs> and ask a question and <laughs> and you probably felt very safe too like i said because that was your like you grew up with him your whole life it'd be like talking to your dad almost i mean i know he's not your dad but i mean i considered that to be part of being a good man was to ask questions when you didn't understand and to stand up for what's right, right. no matter right. who was doing wrong and he knew that i don't know so maybe you were targeted before the questions. I feel like maybe. I I um, believe I believe I was targeted right when the questions started arising because he considered my loyalty to be implicit, which it was. Mm -hmm. But then when he realized the things he was doing weren't aligning with the principles of righteousness and that I was trying to align myself with the principles of righteousness and that I wasn't going to follow along with that. He had to make an enemy of me. He had to make, and he me... made, he made an example of you. That's as right. Well, That's which right. Is, and um, many people may not know this, but in the FLDS religion, you, your whole family literally can be given to another man, like very quickly, like as quick as you were married, it can happen again. You know, that, uh, tragically, that's how it became. It didn't used to be like that. But when Warren Jeffs took over, it was just, oh, it, it was 
uh, so many absolute power. Yep. yep Back to right. that. Yeah, that's right. And like you said, you didn't even commit a transgression. You weren't saying, I don't believe in you. I don't whatever. That wasn't it, you know? So I, I mean, they do this sometimes to people and, and it's, it's just unreal. You know, the things that's we go through, that's yeah, but, but for you, like you were saying, people don't understand like, okay, well, so what move on with your life? No, this is like everything you've ever known. And your right. fam family too, your parents, you know, Physically I mean, where do you go? That's yeah, right. Where do you go when you feel like the whole world? You, I mean, I don't even know how, what, you Internally, know, the whole world <clears throat> has collapsed on you and mm. you are, you are in danger and, and damned to hell as is. Yep. And trying to understand, not knowing of anything that I had done wrong. Right. And, and trying to figure that out and, and get right. And having day after day, week after week, month after month go by, just trying to do my best to figure things out, which were unfigured out. And get in his, get in his graces again. And, and how long did that go on for? Did Years. You, you didn't know where your wife was. You didn't know. You never knew anything. Uh, well, Again, people won't comprehend this unless they're spiritual. I, I, I had a dream uh, exactly 100 days after I was sent away on November 30th, 2004, I was sent away. Exactly 100 days I had a dream that, that my, my family had been assigned to other men. Oh. And, and so that's I heartbreaking. Knew, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I knew, and I made a phone call and confirmed it, that it had happened that night. And so, again, just the the dominoes falling one after another, my life just being ripped apart. Now, right. I get emotional talking about it. But. I would, too. That was it. That That is it. I mean, I don't. I, I can't imagine the feelings you felt then because you still believed and you were still hoping at that point, you know, that you were working to get back to where you needed to be, you know, and That's right. I had a five-year-old daughter, a three-year-old son and a one-year-old son. Oh, wow. Just babies. Oh my gosh. So, and then how long did that go on until you saw them again? Oh, your, your family. It was about six or seven years Wow! when somebody, a friend of mine came to me and notified me of the raid that had happened in Texas. Mm -hmm. And again, I, I figured they were there because of the dream I had had. Right. And said that he had read my children's names on the list of the children that had been taken away and the state had custody over. Oh, no. So I went online and looked up the Eldorado times and looked up the information and it, it read if the biological parents don't claim their children within 14 days, they're going to become wards of the state. Oh my gosh. So I immediately went to my employer, told him what was up and I tailed it down to Texas. Boy, I bet I you went up. fast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I right. can't even imagine. Yeah, I showed up with birth certificates, social security <laughs> cards, pictures, everything that anybody can ever have to document 
a uh, child. A Thank child. goodness you had that because a lot of that's times right. they don't have those, right? right. Most of the time. Well, that's one thing I made sure I did. I when I got oh, sent, I went and got copies of those things so that I did have them in my possession. Oh, that's wonderful. Because um, sometimes down. you don't. Yeah. Uh, I went down there and into the courthouse and they told me, well, go get a lawyer. I don't want to talk to you until you get a lawyer. So I'm okay. So I went and got a lawyer, uh, went back and I said, I'm the father of these three children. And they said, prove it. And I said, well, look, here's my birth, the birth certificates. I'm their father. This is my son. This is my daughter. This is my son. Here are pictures. Here are social security cards. And they looked me dead in the eye and they said, we think these are counterfeit. Oh my gosh. I said, okay. Well, if if I could make a counterfeit like this, I'd be pretty amazing. But you tell <laughs> You'd me, be rich. <laughs> if, if, yeah. this is, if this <laughs> is counterfeit, how in the world am I supposed to prove to you that I am their father? And they said, we want a DNA sample. And I said, take it. Yeah, do it. Whatever so you got to do. Yeah, they took a DNA sample and then. Uh, told me they'd get back with with me within seven to 14 days so man the waiting game was torture but I went back to work and after seven days I called them and they wouldn't answer I called my lawyers had them call and they wouldn't respond to my lawyers wow 14 days went by they wouldn't answer our phone calls they wouldn't respond to messages 42 days oh my gosh went by and finally I get a call from a CPS representative a child care advocate and they said hey uh we found out the dna you are there and they're your kids yeah yeah, yeah i know <laughs> I said, well, like... how, long, how long did it take you to find that out oh seven days <clears throat> we knew after seven days i'm like well why in the world didn't you call me i said well because we thought you were still part of the flds church so we didn't want to give you the kids oh my gosh and so you're just waiting told me that they figured I was still part of the FLDS church, so they didn't want to give me my kids. And that they had read in one of the revelations of Warren Jeffs before I was sent away. Mm -hmm. that Warren Jeffs said I was to become the next prophet of the FLDS church. Wow. So that, that alarmed them, obviously. I bet that alarmed you, to be honest. Oh, <laughs> After it, it you went laugh. through all that. Yeah. It, it made me and made me well again i i was i was very respected and i was a very good man right yeah uh, you still are yeah well anyway so when i heard that it was it was shocking but i said i gave you guys all my phone contacts i gave you guys everything you wouldn't believe anything i told you and they apologized but now it was too late because they said the FLDS had won the court case and oh, the no. kids were to be given back to their mothers. Oh, no. Yeah, but they did allow me to come see my children for about an hour and a half. So and I, there was nothing they could do to help you get father's rights at that point, knowing what they knew. That's right. Because that is the ridiculous. Rule, the children were to be given back to the mothers. That's ridiculous. Amen. Knowing, yeah, knowing what they knew, knowing you would be a safe option, knowing that they would be safer with you, they still did that. Well, they still had their doubts, I came to find out. Even after wow. all this, they told me I could come see my children. So I went down to Texas again. I I walked in the room, and now my nine-year-old daughter, 
Wow. My seven-year-old boy and my five-year-old boy, my nine-year-old daughter recognized me. And she, anyway, just emotional. But Crying, she, yeah. She, but the little she, one, the little one probably didn't recognize didn't me at all. remember, yeah. That's oh right. Oh, my gosh. But my nine-year-old and the seven-year-old did remember me. And the nine-year-old says to me, Father, we haven't seen you in so long. Oh. Which showed me they weren't being uh, told negative right. things about me, which was very right. encouraging. But just that you were gone. Yeah. Yeah, they just figured I was gone. And they knew they had a different father. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's so confusing. Messed up. Ugh. Kids' minds right. have to go through. So I got to see him for an hour and a half, and I enjoyed it very, very much. It was the first oh, time I had seen him in years. I'm sure you were, yeah, oh, overjoyed. I was weeping. I was weeping, and but still trying to maintain composure to spend some good time with him. Yeah. Yes. So after that hour and a half, then they say, "Well, the courts ruled they have to go back to their parents, so back to their mothers." So see ya. Oh my gosh. I'm telling you. <laughs> I can't imagine. So many things happened there that made me understand very well how easy it is for a human to go postal. Yeah, no, I to, get that. Yeah, just, you know. Because uh, you've lost everything and now here it is right in your hands and they're going to take it from you again. <laughs> just that, that nihilistic <sighs> and, and oh, the anger, the hurt. Anyway. Yeah. I can't imagine that. So I went so, back to work. <clears throat> they went back to getting passed around all around Texas, mm. getting hidden from the law, you name it. And I didn't see them again for another, oh, it's probably seven years. Wow. I, I actually didn't know you hadn't seen them for that long. I had seen them at the wedding. They, they were there, I think, at the wedding or shortly after. I got to meet them. Maybe it was after. I can't remember. But I met them once, just once. Well, that, was, that was after. When I met, okay. met Stacy. Uh, Which is my sister, everyone. <laughs> Me and Isaac right. are family. So, yes. <laughs> I and met Stacy. I had given up on... Well, reality, it hit me in the head so hard, yeah. I couldn't deny it. I was never going to get my family back. No. And and so I filed divorce papers. Yeah. What else can you do? Yeah. And got with your sister, Stacy. We yeah. developed a relationship. And then I realized I had started learning more about the realities of what had been going on, the truth about Warren Jeff's immorality and his lies and his the things he was doing behind the scenes and then it all started making sense why everything was so confusing why mm -hmm. why everything happened the way it did anyway so i i filed a i used my same lawyers to get custody of my kids and i got custody of my kids after a long, long court battle yes amazing and, good but it was short-lived because the FLDS, when I got custody, the FLDS told my children, who are now, mm -hmm. oh, they're 16, 14, and 12, mm -hmm. told them to, quote, cause as many problems for me as they could. And they also shun, shun, like, 
they don't now like I could tell. Yeah. They were turned against me. They told me I wasn't their father. Mm. And they were just filled with hate, filled with hate. Oh, no. So they lived in my home for about a week, week and a half, and they were stealing things. My oldest daughter, I should say. My Thankfully, my younger sons didn't dare. They they knew it was so wrong. They weren't going to do that to me. Yeah. But the oldest one, you know, living her principles of righteousness and loyalty to the church, she was stealing our clothes and putting them in the dumpster and we couldn't oh, find no. them. It was, it was ridiculous doing everything she could to cause problems for us. Mm-hmm. They were disobedient. They refused to to do anything to help out. They, I mean, just causing a lot of problems. Right. So I had to go back to work. So Stacy, your sister is home mm-hmm. with, with her three kids and my three kids and this is all going on. Yeah. And this is all going on without me there, which is right. Very it's difficult hard. For her. So she called me up. She said, I can't do this. Right. Right. You, you can't expect me to go through this. So mm-hmm. I I came home and I just told my three kids, I said, I have the ability and the power to put you guys through military school to to demand you guys shape up and learn the reality of what's going on here, to learn the truth about Warren Jeffs, about everything. Mm -hmm. I said, but I can tell you've been so brainwashed. You've been filled with so much hate and fear. You would fight that and it would only make you more bitter and more hateful. I said, so I'm just going to tell you that I love you. I'm always here for you. I'm going to let you go back there, but I want you to remember that the truth is a lot different than what you think it is. And mm-hmm. when you want to know the truth, you're welcome to call me. Yeah. So that they always know you're there. Yeah. Cause sometimes you can't fight against it. I mean, I've lost my daughter to yeah. a separate such situation where it's powerless. I mean, you can scream and yell and, and have a fit and cry and ball and, big and and sometimes if they have something in their mind because it was put there by someone else no matter what you do yeah it's so hard yep and then also the i'm sure it was a culture shock for them you know being you know outside away from everyone like you you long sleeves yep that's Mm -hmm. right i remember meeting them and they were really um not happy to be there you know and yeah. i understood i i didn't take offense because i knew they had been taken out of what they knew but i also knew you were trying to do the best thing for them you know such a hard yeah. line Difficult it's so hard yeah well, <laughs> and then the, the mom too yeah oh and their, <laughs> their mom was lying to them and telling anyway it was she was doing what she was told by the church leaders it's right. funny because the, the lies and the stealing and the the vandalism and everything was okay if they were doing it <laughs> to, bleeding to bleeding the beast right bleeding yeah. the beast yes oh man which ridiculous. people don't understand maybe we should tell people what that is it's it's like you can as far as what i know is in the flds like they anybody that isn't in their in their community uh it's okay to do certain things because those people are damned you know, like much like I don't the know. Muslims, much like the yes. Muslims. Yeah, yeah. But it used to be that way. When when right. I was part of the FLDS, it wasn't that way. We were told, I mean, what what does the character of God say in the Bible? It says God cannot lie. 
Right. Right. That doesn't mean yep. he can lie to bad people. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Jesus hung with the sinners, but he didn't become one. Right. <laughs> he, never, he never lied. He can't lie nope. or he would cease to be God. Yes. But these Muslims and the FLDS and these people who get a demented, well, it, it's the Luciferian it's it's Luciferian. Yes, it is. That yeah. is, I I 100% agree. And it isn't just in the FLDS movement. I feel like, and I don't know how you feel on this, but for me, what I've studied, I feel like it's, it's in Mormonism as well, but not just Mormonism. I don't believe in any religion anymore. I believe in God and I believe in the Bible and Jesus Christ is my savior. And that, and two or more in his name is church. And that's where I'm at, you know, not that I wouldn't go to a church to praise God or be with people, but I will never belong to another one. I, I won't. That's, that's tragic because humanity has corrupted churches so greatly yeah, that yes. the people like this naturally go to that, that mindset and those viewpoints, but just to kind of play devil's advocate or whatever you want to call it, yeah. religion and church and organized people together in in a big group striving towards one goal unity is yes. so critical so critical. i miss i miss the unity part but i feel like it's all like what you said at the first it's corrupt like i can't find my people you know what i'm saying like i i'm looking yes church yeah. again they, they have become a religion of hate and fear and evil and sin and immorality and pedophilia and you name yes, it. They've, yeah. they've become what used to be. And I'll put my my life behind this. The, the best people I've ever met, the best people right. I've ever lived around were those people. <laughs> and I think it's leaked into mainstream. I and, feel like more, more and more and more I see it. And I, I, you know what it says in the Bible in Revelations too about that the coming of the Antichrist will be ushered in by the church. And I, I know that's true. And it, it's not, none of us want to be on an island alone on misfit toys. Like I've got people here and there, but it, it's like, I also don't want to be corrupted in my soul, you know, like it's hard. Well, we all have to be so careful. Uh, yeah. Yes. Oh, we oh. need humility. Humility yeah. is key. I think you just have to really get in the word and people don't want to. Like I was telling you before we got on about a story and I'm like, yeah, they didn't know this and they didn't know that. They don't know their own Bible. They don't know their own Book of Mormon. They don't know their books. They don't know what they're doing. And, and I'm like, you don't even know what you're talking about. Like I study this four to six hours a day. <laughs> Some days. Yeah. Uh, I mean, because like I... Yeah, it's I want to like know Catholicism, Catholicism in the dark ages. Only the priests could read yep. the book. Yep. Uh, the FLDS has become that where righteousness is now no longer what's in the book. It's what the leaders say, even though right. it contradicts everything in the book. And the, the Mormons, sad to say, they've stopped teaching so many of their own principles and oh, doctrines. They've, they've cut that Book of Mormon to pieces. Yeah, I mean, it's in shambles. It's yeah. not convenient for the leaders to, and for the way the world is going. Yeah. It's it's so, hard to maintain a righteous membership when the world is just bombarding everybody with evil. It's sad. In order to keep members, they're compromising principles yes. of righteousness. It's 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 the truth, and 
not only that, but their leaders are corrupt. Their leaders are corrupt. And just like, you know, what you said, like the president of the Mormon church right now is a skull and bones member. He's a doctor. And I know that because I know that because I read it in his biography. I didn't his know words, that. his words, his writing, his stuff. And I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> You just step back and go, is everything you love or believe a lot? Like some days it feels that um, way. That's the danger. You know? And that's the tragedy that so many people, again, the nihilistic feeling I was talking about. Yep. It's so easy to go that route yep. when, when contradictions hit and you realize you've been betrayed. You realize you've been lied to. You realize a lot of what you believed is so opposite and different from what you believed. It is. It's a, it's a natural <laughs> tendency to go that, that nihilistic and, viewpoint and many people actually become atheists and i'm so grateful that that didn't happen i Amen. went completely the other way i was like god i'm right here show me what i'm supposed to know because <laughs> i'm confused you know and thank heavens he did because humility I, and, and honesty and searching for for truth even if it's hard and that's yeah finding out you've been deceived in so many things it's there's a tendency to throw out the baby with the bathwater. yes of course yep we need to hang on to what's good we need to hang on to what we know is good and yes. sift through it intelligently set aside mm -hmm. slowly quickly however whatever we can do to not throw away the good with the bad yes and i think you just really have to be protective and wise like i still i don't worry about like my kids playing with mormon people or whatever like some people are funny about stuff like that after they get out i i'm not like that i i judge every person on that person period because if you do it any other way you're just going to be lost and i mean i mean judge on if i would be their friend not judge them because we shouldn't you know and that's, that's right. what i've done so much there's so much good in every religion yes and again though there's so much bad too we've all got to be vigilant and cautious just like you said warren jeffs you know was everything to you you thought he was this really good person and and i think maybe he was at one point you know well, maybe and he had multiple personalities Heidi. <clears throat> wow and he was this really good person in front of me and in front of everybody. He was, he really mm -hmm. was. <laughs> right. Then, then he would change, get possessed, whatever you want to call it. I, and I, I believe in stuff like that. Yeah. Do his, his evil things. And then he was able to just turn that off. That wasn't him. So he didn't do right. it. Right. Right. And maybe in his heart, he really didn't, you know, in his, mind you know what i'm saying like you study psychology and that's that's a real multiple it personalities it's a disorder it absolutely it's a mental is. Illness, but it's real yes. it is very real what were you going to say about his daughter his daughter testified of that telling some stories about what she went through and she would she told how he would do immoral things to her and when she got older and he did the immoral things to her she said father stop doing that to me and mm -hmm. he turned to her and reprimanded her severely. How mm -hmm. dare you accuse me of doing that to you? I did not do that. And she's like, what? Well, yeah, 
Yeah, it's right then and happening. Yeah. And, yeah. So he he had some has some serious mental issues. Mm -hmm. And he's still leading these people. I mean, at the last I heard, and I I don't know for sure, but like their marriages are not the same. The kids can't have toys. Like these put all these really weird restrictions on them. You know, I don't know. Maybe you know more to that, you know, than I do. But oh, it's a mess. It's a mess. Mm just sad to say I've still got family members that are part yeah. of that that won't talk to me and they're just filled with hate <laughs> filled with fear mm. they don't dare talk to me because I'm a master deceiver you're scary you're scary yeah. now yeah yep. Jeez. oh that's so hard and how long did you go without seeing your parents as well oh well kind of complicated but my dad had been sent away kicked out just mm -hmm. previous to when I was kicked out so when I was kicked out so I hard. got I got with my dad we moved to Mesquite together okay so we began so working you had together. at least one person thank you so I had my dad and my brother my an older brother okay. all three of us were kicked out had our families uh. taken from us the whole nine yards he was probably threatened if he if he got that revelation, say from another, um, he was in another identity or whatever when he wrote that, and then he read it later and really may have scared him, you know, oh, about your family. It's funny because he he talks and I've read a bunch of his journal uh, writings and he said all my re revelations are correct except the ones given in october of 2004 <laughs> that must have been when that was huh you're yeah. like oh boy yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh so was your dad or brother ever able to reunite with their children or or their wives or my dad is now with my mom oh good Okay. Thankfully, uh, my yeah. brother was never able to reunite with his family, but he's he's remarried and he has uh, two children in North Dakota with him but right not, now. Not to see his kids ever again. No. no. Oh, my gosh. And and have you ever heard from your children again? My two sons have regular contact <laughs> with me now. Oh, okay. they, are, they have left the FLDS church on their own willingly. And Amazing. they have contact with me, but my daughter is still in there and she won't have contact with any of us. No, because, but God is good and brought, brought your sons out. And that's wonderful. Amen. I'm so grateful for that. So you get to see them now and everything. How old, are they grown up now or? Oh, yeah, yeah. Tw 20, let's see. 22 and 20. Okay. So they're on their own and having their own lives. So, but that's wonderful that you get to be a part of their lives. Cause I yeah, mean, that's they, just such a robbery, you know? Oh, it is. And they have a lot to learn and overcome because of the things they've been through. They've been severely traumatized. Oh, I can't imagine. I can't imagine. I mean, but God is good and he can help, you know, it, it, it takes time. But I believe right. that, that they'll be healed, you know? I, know. I know they will. That's right. Yes. Yes. So uh, is there anything else ab about this situation that you want to tell people about, like, I guess, misconceptions or different things about your story or anything else? Well, like that? I have a couple of questions after. I would just tell people, you never know the the background or what somebody is going through. 
Nobody. Absolutely. One hundred. It behooves us all to just be so loving and kind and understanding and non-judgmental. And then with that, you know, the, the big picture, never allow yourself. This is talking to myself. Yeah. I will never allow myself to the best of my ability to get into a position like that again, where, where one person or a group of people have total control over everything in my life. Absolutely. That's a scary position to be in, you know, and now you're your own man. And now you can stand up for the things, the very things that you were trying to do then. That's what I'm going to say next. If we see something wrong, if we, it's so easy just to to look at everybody around us and say, you know what, I, I'm going to be an outcast if I speak up and, and tell people what I'm thinking right now. But man, this looks weird. This is strange. We need to speak up. If yes. if I if I were to go back and live that again, I again, was just going to ask that. Yes, I did my best. I really did. I did everything that I knew how to do. I I right. really did my best. But with the knowledge I have now. I would be standing up saying, no, this is not right. Mm-hmm. You, you would still, can't. you knowing you would lose it all, you would That's still right. do the right thing. Yeah. Well, I believe standing up like that, again, I would do it wisely. And I'd talk to my yes. family and I'd say, hey, this is what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, again, 2020 is always, hindsight's always 2020. But uh, I, I just would encourage everyone. Just stand up. Sorry. That should hook up one second. It does this sometimes, right? As I'm getting into the good part. (laughs) It always likes to be a little fussy. Because we were getting into what you would do again and standing up and God's stuff. Then my thing dies. But now I'm smart and I carry two. (laughs) This has happened to me too many times now where I'll get to like the really good God part and it something will malfunction. I got it. Are you ready ready to go? Yes. So would you do it again? Knowing everything and losing everything. Would would I do it again? I certainly would not want to. No. But if it were, if similar circumstances were to happen again, I thank God for the knowledge and the understanding and the strength to be able to stand up and say, you know what, regardless of what happens to me, this is not right. You're destroying or whatever it is. If no matter what degree of, of oppression, stand up and say something. I agree because sometimes it isn't a lot of times people would say, well, I would just get myself out and my family or whatever, but that doesn't fix the problem. you've got this whole community that's being basically tortured you know at that point and so i i would be like you i i definitely would have been kicked (laughs) out but i mean a wise way to go about it uh, maturely and not be you know an immature mm -hmm. tantrum thrower and anyway there we have to be mature about what we do Uh uh-huh But yep. stand up against wrong and don't just go along with things just because everybody else is doing it. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding on that one because it just leads us down a weird road. If we stand well, for nothing, we're going to, we're going to fall for everything. Right. 
I mean, look what's happened to tens of thousands of people. Yeah. People have been damaged beyond <laughs> what they're going to be able to repair in, in one lifetime. Yes. Well, yep. it, it's tragic. Again, I did my best. Yeah. I, I, I do regret so many things because I didn't know better though. I, I can't just condemn right. myself and, and hang my head all day, all the time, but no, I certainly have learned a lot and I'm grateful for the strength sure. that God has, has given me and helped me learn. It, it's a blessing that you were able to reunite with who you could and have the things come together, like your parents and your sons and, you know, hopefully one day your daughter and you have these other kids too. And, hopefully one day it'll become more unified again. That's what I hold in my heart because my daughter, it's a different thing, but it's so similar. She's indoctrinated by one person in her life and that's it, you know? And I look at it and I think, well, what the heck are you doing? Like, cause I'm such a strong personality. Like I would never let somebody do that to me. You say that, but then I look back at my life and it's happened to me too. So that's you, right. Yeah, you you don't know. You don't know until you do know, you know, and then you just have to do what you can. I mean, but you've got these other kids, you've moved on with your life, you've survived. I'm hoping you're healing, you know, all these things. And you're now you're sharing your story, which is gonna you will be shocked how many people you will help. I'm serious. I hope so. I sure hope so. That was why, well, Stacy, my now my ex, <laughs> mm -hmm. sad to say, another mm -hmm. tragic story, but right. uh, she's the one that pushed and pushed and pushed for me to write this book. I didn't want to write this book. She pushed and pushed, and finally I agreed when I met Charlene, and I saw that Charlene was going to write it in honesty and not just to to sell. Not to not sell. Uh-huh. Yes. So we we. So I finally agreed to have the book written and, and that ended up being one of the, oh, one of the rubs in, in Stacy's mind and heart. Once it was on paper, she knew my whole story. I had told her everything. Right. Yeah. On paper, it was different to her for whatever reason. And now she developed some she angst can't. and some some dislikes in me for the fact that I had a, a pleasant relationship before her. And anyway, it's complicated. Even but. though she did as well. Yeah. yeah I mean, right. you know, it's, it's a, it's a sad thing when we all have jealousy. I, I have exes. My husband has exes. I see her sometimes and I think, geez, because we're very different looking and, and whatnot. So you think in your mind, like, well, maybe he likes her better, blah, blah, blah. But you have to stop those thoughts and say, that's just something that's getting in your head, trying to mess with your life, really trying to mess with your happiness. You know, it's natural, but it needs overcome and it needs fought <laughs> in a mature yes. way. That's right. We need yeah. to be mature. That's, that's what And talk about like. it. Talk about it. I yeah. tell him all the time, like, Hey, I feel this way because I'm taller than her, fatter than her, whatever. It doesn't matter what it is. Everybody feels less than for some reason. Let's yeah, be honest. It's, it's yeah. your partner's responsibility to take those insecurities. Yeah. And uh, as a partner, say, hey, I'm with you. I it's chose okay. you. Comfort you. Yeah. Yep. And, and soothe and, you know, console those things. So mm -hmm. I tried 
and I, oh man, I, am, I am not perfect by any means. Again, I have my sins, oh. my, my failings, which only contributed to our problems, but we're now divorced. Stacy, who in the book, in the book, it describes uh, the, the wonderful life that we began, the, the children, the, the two children that Stacy and I had, beautiful, intelligent, wonderful children. Uh, and again, that's another story, another podcast or whatever, or 10. Yeah, but, yeah, <laughs> that's okay. That's what this is for. It's a platform for people because you'll be shocked. When I first started this, I thought nobody is going to want to listen to this. It's so much stuff because I've suffered in different ways, but I'm like, how do you put this all in one thing and tell people and blah, 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 and tell your story and how you feel. And nobody's going to care about this. I literally was like, this is stupid, you know? Um, and somebody really encouraged me. He, I was on his podcast and I was breaking down a high school that, um, had sat satanic stuff in it. And I was like, this is really weird. Why would they have this? And it's in Utah and it's weird. And he said, I said, you should investigate this and do a story because I really liked him. This I still do. I love him. He's a great podcaster. And he said, you need to come tell it. I'm not a Mormon and I don't live there and I don't understand any of this stuff, you know? And I said, well, no, I don't know how to do that. Like, and he's like, just come on. And I, I was scared and I did it. And then so many people like commented or liked it or whatever. He did another show with me and then we did another show and he's like, maybe you ought to just do a show. <laughs> he's like, people listen. And I thought, this is crazy. Nobody's going to care, you know, yeah. but they do. Yeah. If, so, if your labors or my labors, yeah. our words, our stories can help anybody. That's, yes. that's a blessing. Uh, that's a success. So that's one that's person. Yeah. Yep. Even one person, because after I lost my brother, and you knew me before that, but um, uh, that's what I decided. If I can help one person not harm themselves or not think a certain way or not feel so alone or whatever, that's that's enough for me. That that was worth it, you know? And sometimes these things resonate with people. Some You might be the one person that somebody hears that might be you know, trying to get out or whatever, and, and maybe it will help them, you know, to see you, there is life on the other side, you know? And so it, it's hard sometimes it's really hard, but life, there is... life is difficult a lot of the time. And we all need as much love and help as we can get from each other. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's where my community is now. I feel like it's kind of gone that way. And I'm okay with that for now. You know, if God wants me somewhere else, he'll place me there. And I know that because he's done a lot of things where I'm like, this is wild. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> and then here I am doing that. You know, it's just sometimes you say, oh, I would never do that. And then you better be careful with the nevers because you never know. But here we are, you know, so I do have a question for you. Do you still believe in the um, polygamy, like the the origins behind it? The, I know it's perverted right now, and I know it got weird with the whole Warren Jeffs things, but the actual like presence of it or how, you know what I'm saying? Like I do, I do. Well, I yeah. In the book, in the book, one of the last pages describes 
my beliefs in polygamy and that it is a principle of righteousness of God, uh, something that I don't feel very many people should live. Definitely right. not, not me right it's now. It's not for I, everyone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, <clears throat> but in the book, I describe how I still believed it was a principle of righteousness. And I'll, I'll say this, I'm growing and learning and my feelings and my thoughts are continually changing. And I hope yeah. that it will always be that way. Right. I, I want to always be learning. I would say it a little different now. I would say it's something my dad lived it and I am so glad he lived it. You saw it work. You I saw, saw it. it. You saw it in its right fullness. Mm -hmm. The right way. There, there were challenges. Don't get me well, wrong. There, there sure. were jealousies. There were struggles. There were things that you just wouldn't get in, right. in, a, in a normal relationship. <clears throat> but I wouldn't have it any other way. Right. And I look back at Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And when God was trying to populate the earth with good people, mm -hmm. he chose good, strong men and women to live that principle in righteousness. Right. It's I, not I for everyone. Right. My dad is one of those. But yes, I would say definitely not. Not something that I would say, oh, it's a good principle, so everybody right. needs to live. No, 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 no. No. Yeah. It can't they be taken lightly. away from it mm. uh, unless God himself commands <laughs> it, be, it be done. And if, if you don't know how to get that commandment from God, don't live it. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Because it can become really confusing and it's a lot different. I want to specify this for listeners that have no affiliation with like any kind of churches. This is not polyamory. This is not, um, they don't share what their wives don't come in together. These are like very separate marriages. These are like, but you come together for like holidays and the brothers and sisters and the wives help each other with the children. But it isn't some weird sexual perversion where he not goes to bed all. with 12 wives. It's not. That's a thing. Right. Yeah. So I want Very people to know that. Amen. And I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. Very sacred and very <laughs> private. And very virtuous, if you can be mature enough to understand it in, in the proper right. context. My father never did anything immoral. It was right. it, when he, he loved his wives and he treated them very <laughs> affectionately. But it wasn't. And not like in he, front of each other either. Exactly. They, yep, exactly. Yep. They're very careful about, like, it, it isn't just something willy nilly that you just go into. And I've, I've seen a lot of shows, even people that, um, don't they're not LDS at all. They just live polygamy. And even in their in their marriages where they're more open or they're more whatever, it's still that whole jealousy thing or you know, paying more attention to one wife or whatever. And I it's I can't imagine I'm, how hard that would be, you know. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of disgusted by those kind of things <laughs> because it, it puts a mockery and kind of a sacrilege yeah. to what I witnessed it's, it's, my dad yeah. and my mom. Amen. Yeah, it's, it's not. And I want people definitely to know, like, because I think a lot of times nor normal people that don't grow up in Utah understand, like, this isn't one guy just sleeping with tons of women. They have specific nights where there was specific families, where there were this and that. It's a very organized. I mean, it is well, like... Yeah. And you could say to that. Separate the, to separate the feelings for the women. So it's not like, I'm talking about bedroom stuff, not 
separated families, just that part is like you said, sacred. It's it's sacred not is, yeah. is the proper word. Very sacred and very moral and mm -hmm. that it wasn't treated lightly or sexually or lustfully in right. any way whatsoever. Yeah, it's not like some just sicko thing. Like it's it's not like that. It's uh, and I've been around a lot of polygamists that I knew that lived it because I mean, I grew I didn't grow up in that area, but I lived in that area for a long time and Cedar City and stuff and they have a branch out there. And so, you know, I've seen people the way they live. It's not like what people think. And and not that you don't come together as a family with like I said the siblings and Christmas or whatever like normal dinner, all that stuff. It's just, I'm talking about bedroom activities are not what people think. <laughs> right. It's just weird. Yeah. They get way off, off track. And it, and it is actually something that they believe in to help them actually ascend to heaven. Like it Perfect. is their characters. Yes. It's not, it's not just done. And to bring forth children in righteousness. Yeah. They don't just like say this is a great idea one day. <laughs> this is not right. It's yeah. I'll, I'll just be blunt. It's something that a, a normal good man would say, please no, please yeah. no, unless yeah. I'm commanded of God. Right. And you that never did have another wife, right? When you were because you were still pretty young. I did have two. Oh, wives. you did. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know. Was she so she was taken as well or yeah, they, they were both taken and sent to other families. And whatever came of, did you not have children with that one? Or? I did not, did not have okay. children with the second so one. So probably still sad, but not For quite sure. as heart-wrenching. Yeah. That's, that's right. So did you ever find out what happened with her? Any oh, resolution? She, she got passed around from man to man. I don't know where she is right now, but. No resolution uh, really there. Yeah, no. that's right. That's hard. I'm sorry. Because I know the feelings are still there. Like, that's still a hard thing, even without kids, you know, with still no matter, a relationship. If if a man and a woman get married in righteousness, mm -hmm. no matter what happens after that, there's still the good yeah, uh, and, and the degree yes. of love that never disappears. No. If, if you have any human decency in you, even with Stacy to this day, yeah, yeah, there's still that degree of love that will never disappear. Now, no. obviously, depending on what people do and how they behave, their actions, their rudeness, their terrible whatever they do, however they there are, there can be yeah. anger, there can be hurt, there can be disgust, there can be. But if if you really got married for the right reason in the first place, there's always love, the good. Yeah, that's right. That, that good that was good there. Part. Yeah. I'm like that, that with my, yeah, my first ex-husband, he put me through the ringer, man. And actually, he, I don't know if you know this, but maybe I told you, but um, he actually left me for a polygamous gal that was already married. It was oh super God. scandalous. <laughs> he, she wasn't in the Jeff's clan. Now she was outside of Cedar City in Enoch. And uh, I don't know what clan that is, but she didn't look the same. Like she wore pants but still long sleeves and the long hair. But um, she was kind of a defective, I guess, because she had lost, she had a baby and then lost her uterus and she was the youngest wife. And you know how hard that would be in her twenties. And so she felt 
I think just effective, you know? That's sad. And so, yeah. And so it, and he wasn't nice, um, which has nothing to do with him being a polygamist and everything to do with him being just a not nice guy. I think that's important to tell people. And I, so I think they just hooked up or whatever at his work and he was really in love with her. And so they ended up together for a while and that was kind of the end of our marriage, but I was like, so angry, you know, with everything. And I guess then at the very end, my grandma said, so, but how did you feel about the polygamous thing? And I said, what? I didn't know and I was still just processing this affair and I'd only ever been with my husband because I was 17 when we got married you know and he was 25 and and I was just a stupid kid and this I mean I was married to him for 10 years but we had these kids and everything and I said what do you mean what are you talking about and he she said you know lady was the third wife and I just sat there I was like this can't be real It was so strange. I just was like, what? Yeah. But yeah, it was, I mean, I tell people all the time, that's not normal because the women don't usually like have more than one relationship. It's usually that's just right. Like, yeah. That's right. So that was a, a random one, but I was like, one more thing to add to the list of things that now I have to process in my brain. <laughs> well, some things uh, can't, can't be processed. They're just right? messes. It was weird, but I mean, you know, it could have been with anyone. It still would have hurt just as much. That's right. It was, it was just a a surprise. I think <laughs> I was just a little shook for a minute. I was like, what did you say? Oh, sure. Yeah. That's, that's another yeah. twist. You never know what your life's going to bring you. Right. Isaac. <laughs> oh, t- oh, tell me about it. Life is <laughs> full of surprises. Right. So what, any last thing for our listeners before we end this one? Well, to me, I, I don't really have a lot of wise advice. I'm not a, a philosopher, but stand up for what's right and help each other and do unto others as you'd have done to you. And no matter what, this I guess this is something I'm learning. Everything we do, whether it's good or bad, will come back to us. Yep, I agree 100%. And we have to be careful with our walk. That's right. And try and be walking with the Lord, stick close to him and you'll probably be okay, you know? And then remind the listeners one more time what your book is called and where they can find it. Devotion, Deception, Deliverance, Isaac's Story by Charlene Paul. And you can find it on Amazon. Amazing. And I will be posting the links in the show notes. So you guys will be able to find it. And periodically, I hope to do another show with you. And periodically, we can just um, post that so that listeners can see it and find it as well. Because I want to make sure your story gets out. Yeah. You betcha. Thank Thank you so much. Have a good night.